when we were singing that song, We Are Hungry, I kept thinking of my three-year-old. Um, so I'll share, because the Lord really touched me, because that's an older song that we've sung for a while, probably even before I got saved. But um, you want to know how you know a toddler's hungry? They keep asking for everything. Can I have cookies? Can I have fruit snacks? Can I have toast? Can I have a cracker? Like anything, right? He never really comes and says, Mom, I'm hungry. But he just starts asking for anything and everything that, that he can get. And so I felt the Lord say, the, the way that you know you're still hungry for the Lord is ask yourself, when's the last time you asked for something? What have you asked him for? I want more of your spirit. I want more of your presence. I want more of your strength. What have you asked him for? Are you hungry? Because just simply saying, I am hungry, isn't enough. We need to ask for what we want to receive for him. So just think about that. Um, I'm going to pray real quick. Lord God, I thank you, Father, for this opportunity to speak for you, Lord God, to be your mouthpiece, Jesus. I pray, Father, that every person here, Lord, would receive this word the way I received it, God, that they would take it and run with it, Father, to bless you, to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you have any planners in here? I'm a planner to fault. People make fun of me for it sometimes. But I'm a planner. I like to plan out my weeks. I like to plan out my day. I like to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, what you're going to wear. That's me. Um, so you ever had your, your day completely planned out only for none of it to happen? None of it. For a planner, that is very infuriating. And it, sometimes I let it get me very upset. And that's why the Lord gave me Chris, because he'll say it doesn't matter. Like, it got done, right? It doesn't matter how it got done, it got done. The kids are alive, we still have a house, like, it's fine, we will live to see another day, and I'm like, but nothing that was supposed to happen, happened. And I'm in a panic. You ever had that day? I had that day on Thursday, because I already had my message written, so I feel like the Lord was just testing me a bit. But Thursday, I was supposed to have a dental appointment, and at about 7.55, my appointment was for 8. I realized I was going to have to cancel that dental appointment that I waited three weeks for. I was very, very, very upset. And then I was like, it's fine. The dental office is open for several more weeks, right? They're going to stay open, and I will reschedule, and everything will be okay. But it was an inconvenience, and I was very upset about it. And I know that all of you have experienced an inconvenience in your day or an interruption in your day. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about today is inconveniences, interruptions, and plans. Back in, I'm going to say a year ago, but I'm bad with time sometimes in the past. The Lord told me to quit my job. And if you don't know, I have worked uh, the same career since I graduated college in 2010. Um, and I was doing really well in my career. I was promoted in my career. I was younger than all of my um, employees, and I was doing really great. I was really, I'm really good at what I do in my job. And um, it was something I prided myself in, that I went to school and I built a career and I actually did it, right? That's something to be proud of. Anybody, anybody proud of yourself in there for that? Yeah. So the Lord says, quit your job. And I'm like, oh. But what's funny is my first response was, 
now? You want me to quit my job now? I have three kids. I have a lot going on. I have a lot to pay for. And you want me to, you want me to quit my job now? What's funny is I had been praying to quit my job for probably since I had Addison. Lord, make a way. I really would love to be a stay-at-home mom. I really would love to be more involved in ministry. I really think if I had more time and I didn't work all these hours that I would be able to do all these things. Please, God, make a way. And it was really my heart's cry. And it wasn't something that I expressed all the time outwardly, but it was just my heart's cry. And the minute the Lord says, quit your job, my first response was a complaint. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know about now. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I was actually meaning that when I said it. And so I kept saying it, I kept saying it. Obviously, I shared it with Chris, and you have heard. I have quit my job, and I was obedient to that. But it wasn't really my plan. It was his plan. It wasn't really my plan, and I told you when I don't follow my plan, I get a little um, uneasy. But I want to share with you a story in 1 Kings today, 17. And I titled this message, Just Do It Anyway. I really wanted to title it, Just Do It but I didn't want Nike to come for me, so we're going to say just do it anyway. First Kings 17, uh, we find Elijah. He's running from King Ahab. There is a drought. He declares a drought in the land. The king didn't really like that, so he's running from him, but the Lord's hand is on him. And then we find ourselves in verse 8, and right before verse 8, the Lord sends him to a brook where he says, ravens are going to take care of you. And you're going to drink from this brook, and you're going to be taken care of. No worries. While you're on the run, I got you, is what the Lord says. And in verse 8, he says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her, and he said, Please bring me some water and a cup so that I may drink. And this is how I read the Bible, so y'all bear with me. (laughs) This, This verse is my favorite. I have it circled. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and he said, Oh, can you also bring me some bread? Every mom in here can understand that, right? You're going to get one thing and then your kid's like, Oh, also, can I have this? Or your husband, also, can I have this? right? You immediately get interrupted. You're already going to do one thing, and they're making another request. Verse 12, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me some bread first. Bring it to me, and afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used, nor shall your jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain. I know that was a lot, so I'm going to break it down for you. This lady had a plan. Her plan was she was going to go get some sticks. She was going to make a nice dinner, and then her and her kid were going to die. Great plan, huh? Great plan. But when I was reading this, the Lord said, this lady had a plan, but he also had a plan. See, God's plan had Elijah come at that very moment to meet a widow that he had already predestined to be at this brook at the same same time, because God, who knows that God is the God of all time? 
He can be here and he can be there. He is omnipresent. He is bigger than we can ever imagine. And he's got it all figured out. And so he says, I've already taken care of it, Elijah. You're going to be taken care of just like the ravens did. I'm going to use this widow and she will also take care of you. So Elijah knows. Elijah has faith and he knows that when he goes there, someone is going to take care of him. But this woman has a plan to die. She just wants to feed her kid. They're going to have their last supper and they're going to die. And she has made in her heart, she's been content with that. She has, she has come to terms with that. But if we want to walk in God's plan and not our plan, we need to first be willing to be interrupted, which is what she was. She was interrupted. And you see, God's plan will always lead to life. Do you know that? God's plan is always life-giving. It's always nourishing. It's always multiplying. Our plan usually leads to destruction and ultimately death. And that's where, we, that's where she finds herself here. So she encounters Elijah, and she's interrupted. She's going about her day. She had it all planned out. And he says, can you go get me some water? She says, sure, right, I'll go get you some water. No big deal. I'm already here. She's probably thinking, let me go grab you some water real quick, and I'll go about my plan. But you see, her, it says that she has a son, and he's, according to this passage, he's not with her. She's alone. So she could have said, look, my kid's at home by himself. I have to get back and go take care of him. Fetch your own water. It's right over there. But she doesn't. She stops what she's doing, and she gets him some water. So she had excuses, good ones. But then in the middle of her doing it, Elijah says, oh, can you also go get me some bread? And that just makes me chuckle because I feel like that is just my day-to-day sometimes. Can you get me this? Every day, you can ask Chris. You can ask Chris. I swear by it. Every day, we love to have family dinner. We sit down and make everybody's meals and make everybody's plates. It's my favorite time of day to be able to sit down, hear about their day, talk, laugh, whatever it may be. My bottom hits the chair and someone needs a water. Someone needs a fork. Someone needs to pee. And I have to get up. And I'm like, this is such a lovely dinner. I'm so glad I get to talk to all of you at the same time. But I'm constantly being interrupted in the middle of me doing something else. But that's just being a mom, and I love it. It's the best job. So she hasn't even begun her first request that he's given. And he's already asking for something else. She's already not having a good day. She's planning to die with her son. And he just keeps interrupting her. Think about one of your days where you've had like that. You have a plan and you just keep getting interrupted. You, you have something to accomplish and somebody thinks that, that what they need is more important, right? Somebody comes along and says, oh, I'm, my grandma's sick. Can you pray for them? And you're like, well, really, I don't have time. I was coming over here to do the Lord's work, but I guess I'll stop and pray for you. That's how we act sometimes. Like, like people's problems are such an interruption in our lives when God was all about people. That's all he cared about. And that's where we should be. So she's constantly being interrupted by Elijah But Elijah knows he's come here to accomplish a purpose, right? Because he's heard from the Lord. So sometimes we can get in this place of busyness and we can get in this place of whether it's good or bad, right? Being busy in the ministry is good. Having to go from from prayer to life group to um, worship practice to a meeting, that's good busy, right? The Lord is using you. You're busy. 
going to work, taking care of your kids, going to feed your grandma, busy. It's a good busy. But we're busy, and sometimes we walk past people daily who need us, and we're so busy saying, this is what I have to do, this is what I have to do, we're passing them right up. We're passing them right up, and they're saying, wait, can you just take a second? I just need you to pray for this. I just want to hear your opinion on this. You know, uh, my family has no money, and we need to eat tonight. Uh, Could you please help us out? And we're too busy focused on what we think needs to happen that we pass them right up. But we're just, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that this lady um, knew the Lord because she stops, right? She stops what she's doing. And she helps him. She notices something different in Elijah. And she stops. And the first time he asks her for a drink, she's she's going to get it. But let's look at the second request. The second time, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me some bread. And you see, her bringing him some, you can't just make bread appear, right? You have to cook it. Or in our days, you have to at least go buy it from the store. I don't know about you, but I don't walk around with bread on hand to just hand out. So he says, can you get me some bread? And you see, her getting some bread takes a little bit of sacrifice, and it takes a little bit of work. And the second that she has to sacrifice something to do something for him, what does she do? She starts giving him all her excuses as to why she can't. She doesn't say, oh some oil and flour at home. I could go make him some bread. I'll be right back. No, she says, as the Lord your God lives, she swears to the Lord, I don't have bread. And sometimes that's us. Somebody asks us for something and we have the things and the means to make it happen. But the better and the easier answer to us is, I can't. I don't have time. I don't have it. Because we don't want to put in the work. We don't want to put in the sacrifice that it takes to do something for someone else. Which brings me to the second part, which is where our worship was today in our word. Give it all to God. We just need to give it all to him. First, we need to be willing to stop for the Lord and be interrupted. Allow our busyness to stop. Put it on pause. God, how do you want to use me today? And the second thing is we need to give it all to the Lord. We need to give it all to God. Every plan that you have should be placed at his feet. It's good to have a plan. I'm not knocking the planners. The Lord honors plans. He loves that. He loves you being a good steward of your time. But are you giving it to him? Are we allowing him to interrupt it? So this lady has all, what's funny here is her excuses as they leave her mouth are basically telling this man that she can make the bread. She lists all these ingredients that can make bread, but says, I don't have it. I don't have no bread. And sometimes, you see, we have all the ingredients. We have all the tools. We have all the people in our lives. And God asks us to do something, and we say, I can't. I don't don't have it. And he's like, oh, have you looked around? I've given you everything that you need to do what I'm asking you to do. But we keep making excuses. How do we respond to our sacrifice? How do, do we, you know, her first response here to sacrifice is selfishness. We are selfish people. We are. We're selfish people. Our flesh is selfish. We don't want to give things up. We don't want to do the extra, the extra step to make something happen. We just want it to happen. 
And you see, Elijah here, and I just want to make note of this, because as I was sharing my message with Chris, it, came, it kind of hit me. Elijah could have encountered this lady. You see, Elijah had a word from the Lord, and God told him, there's going to be a widow, and she's going to take care of you. She's going to do this, and she's going to do this. He has a very specific word from God. And her first response to his request is, I can't. I can't. I don't have it. Elijah, being a man of God, could have said, oh, she must not be the widow. Let me go find another one. But he knew. He had spent time with the Lord. He was looking forward for the word to accomplish what it was going to accomplish. And he had enough faith to speak to that adversity and say, no, you do. You do have it. But he sat for a minute, and he allowed her to spew off all the reasons she couldn't. And when she was speaking her excuses, you know what he heard? He heard every ingredient for a miracle. He heard everything that came out of her mouth. God can use that, and God can use that, and God can use that. And he knew that she was the one. He knew that she was the widow that was going to take care of him. And sometimes we give God all of our excuses. We say, Lord, you know, I can't do this because I'm not good enough. Or I can't raise this kid because they're stubborn and I don't know if I have the patience to do it. And we give him all these excuses and God say, no, I'm using this very, very thing. This very person that has interrupted your plan that is such a huge inconvenience to you. I'm using them as an ingredient for my kingdom. I'm using them for a miracle. And that's exactly what he's doing here for this widow. And sometimes, you know, we're praying for a breakthrough. And this is kind of where I was with my job. I was praying for this breakthrough. I didn't see any way out. I didn't see how I could ever leave my job, how how we could ever take that cut in income and still uh, make it, or, you know, at least the way I thought we needed to make it. And I was praying for this breakthrough And I felt kind of stuck. I was in a place and I felt stuck. And I had kind of made, I'd come to terms with maybe I would just always be this working wife, ministry woman. And I knew that God could use me in that place. I knew that if I'd submitted my time to the Lord, he would still use me. But in my heart, it's not really where I wanted to be. And we feel stuck. And while we're staring at our ingredients, and while we're staring at what, what we see, God's saying, just just give it to me and and let me tell you how I can use it. Just give me those things and let me show you how I can use it, how I can take these ingredients and make it into a meal. You ever been at home and um, your kids or just you, because, I mean, this is me sometimes. I'm like, I really want cookies. There's like, there's cookies in the pantry. I'm like, no, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. Because we all know that cookies from a pack are not the same as cookies baked in the oven, Right? They're just not. Well, I don't always just have cookie dough on hand because the healthy version of Caitlin goes to the grocery and then Caitlin at home wants chocolate chip cookies. So as I was doing this, I was thinking like, God, this is so me sometimes because I'll be like, I really want cookies. Chris, like, you want me to go buy you cookies? I'm like, no, I shouldn't eat the cookies. Like, no, I don't want the cookies. I just want to talk about how I want the cookies. And then I'll start thinking, I have all the ingredients in the kitchen to go make cookies. I have flour, sugar, chocolate chips. I bake a lot, so I always have this in my house. I have every ingredient I need to make me some 
homemade chocolate chip cookies. But you know what? I don't want to. <laughs> I really just want to eat the cookie. I don't want to make the cookie. I don't want to do the work. I don't want to go to the kitchen and take it all out and measure it out so that I can enjoy the cookie. But that's our life sometimes. God's saying, this is where I want you to be. This is how I'm going to use you. You're going to do great things. Some of us have received prophetic words, and we're like, yes, that sounds awesome. And then we go back, and we look at our lives, and we're like, well, how's that going to happen? Oh, I might have to do a little bit of work. I might have to put in a little bit of work to get myself there. And that's where this lady is. She had to go cook the bread. She gives her excuses, but she also gives her ingredients, and then she realizes that she has, she's going to have to go cook the bread if this man wants bread. And so God's not really worried about what we see. He's really not. He's not concerned about what your life looks like if it's chaos, if you feel like you're not taking care of your home well, if you feel like your marriage is not up to par. He doesn't really worry about the things we worry about because he sees the end, right? He was in the beginning. He sees the end. He's not worried about what it looks like. He's worried, is she going to use the tools and the ingredients she has, submit them to me, and walk in my plan? Is she going to do that? So after she gives all her excuses to Elijah, you want to know what he says? In verse 13, he says, okay, do not fear. And Chris talks about this all the time. Usually when the Bible says do not fear, it usually means there's a reason to be scared. But the Lord is saying, do not fear. I know it looks bad. Don't worry, I got it. That's what that means here. That do not fear is I got it. Elijah says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. And that's my third point. We need to go and do. We need to take what we have and just do it. We need to just do it. It takes a little bit of faith. It takes a lot of bit of work. But we need to just do it if we want to walk in the plan of God. And at this time, the lady had to make a choice. You see, she's already given every excuse that she could have to Elijah. She's already told him that she don't have the bread. She's already listed everything that she has, right? It's the very last thing that she has. And in this moment, she had a choice. Is she going to obey the word of God that Elijah has given her? Or is she just going to keep moving on with her plan? Is she going to say, I've already had a plan. It's fine. I'm going to stay focused on the plan. My plan works. Yes, it might end with us dying, but it works. And we're good with it. She could have just kept doing it. Or she could have obeyed God. And so she did. She chooses to obey. So in verse 13, he says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me some cake first, some bread first, is what some versions say, and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. God wants our first. He wants our very best. And then we get to watch what he does with it. He doesn't say, go make the cake. You and your son eat before you die, and then I'll take the crumbs. See, God doesn't want our crumbs. He wants our very best because he can do so much more with our flour and our oil than we could ever imagine. 
so much more. This lady probably wasn't making a spread with her flour and oil, right? I mean, she said, I have a little flour and a little oil. She might have been making a roll for herself and her son. But he says, if you obey this, you'll be able to make me some bread, and then you and your son will eat. And when I read that, I thought, that's a little, like, offensive, right? If I'm a widow and I know I'm about to die and this is all I have left, they probably, her and her son probably don't look healthy. They probably look dehydrated. They're probably dirty because they don't have, you know, a means to take care of themselves. She doesn't have a husband. Um, She's alone. She's isolated. She's hungry. I'm sure she doesn't look healthy. And here's Elijah who has had the Lord take care of him. Throughout a drought, he probably looks great. She's probably like, I need the bread more than you need the bread. You're being kind of selfish here. It's probably what she's thinking. If not, that's what I'm thinking. So that's how I read the Bible because that's how the Lord talks to me. But. So I feel like in that moment, she probably felt a little convicted once she decided that she was going to obey. She probably was like, oh. Okay, well, he says that if I do this, I'm also going to be able to eat. So there was probably a little bit of conviction there. And, you know, no one in the Bible encounters Jesus without conviction. No one. Because he brings the conviction. Because he's all-knowing. And he's nothing but good. And we're nothing but terrible. So when we encounter good, we're going to feel convicted. But sometimes we take our conviction and we're like, okay. That's not nice. And we walk the other way. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, Lord, what can you use me for? How are you going to make this great? We say, ouch, I'm not going to do that again. Won't go to that person again because they told me something I didn't want to hear. How dare this man ask me to make him bread when me and my son are about to die? He's going to ask me for my last piece of bread. How dare him? She could have gotten very easily offended. So I'm sure there was some conviction there. And if we, if we resist or we deny that conviction when Jesus is trying to encounter us, we miss out on our redemption. We miss out on our redemption story. And this story ends in redemption. We're, we miss out on how the story ends because we choose our plan instead of choosing his plan. And in verse 15... It says, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. She chooses to obey God. She chooses to have that godly Jesus conviction, take it, lay it at his feet, and just do what the word of the Lord says. And God God honors that. And we know he honors it because she eats for many days when at first she was going to die. She was going to die, and she eats for many days. And we don't know what many days means, but I'm, I'm pretty sure here it means years. Because if you keep reading down in that story, which I'm not going to do because I can go off into a tangent about it. Um, go home and read it. But I'm pretty sure they eat for a very, very long time. And the word of the Lord said that she was going to be fulfilled until the drought ended. And God honors our obedience and he honors our sacrifice. 
and he can blow our minds with our surrender. And that's what they were singing about this morning. I surrender it all. I give it all to you. And, you know, sometimes we think that what we have isn't enough, right? Just like the lady with the little jar of oil, and she pours it on his feet. Sometimes we're like, God, I do surrender. I don't know if you're really going to like what I'm giving you. But that's just our flesh talking because the Lord honors all of that. He honors all of it. As long as it's our everything, as long as it's obedience, as long as it's sacrifice, he's like, I'm going to use that. I'm going to make that a miracle. I want to read Isaiah 55, verse 8. Verse 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth a bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That is a word to stand on when your plans are messed up. (laughs) That is a word when that interruption comes or what we consider an inconvenience comes. That's a word to stand on. I may not get it. It may look terrible. My thoughts are not your thoughts, Lord. You ever say, like, what are you doing, God? You ever say that? I don't know what you're doing, Lord, but I know it's going to be good. That's what believers say. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm sure it's good. Um. And we're not always going to understand his plan. Usually we won't because his plan is so much bigger and so much broader. And and we can't even wrap our tiny little minds around it. But if we're obedient, we get to be a part of it. If we sacrifice, we get to be a part of it, of his plan. And the more we trust and the more we are obedient, our faith grows bigger, right? Anytime you trust the Lord your faith gets a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. It's how we build our testimony. Somebody's like, how can you still be believing for that? Well, because he hasn't failed me yet. Because when I was praying for this, I got this. And when I was praying for my family, you know, for my mom to get saved, I got three family members saved. He will always blow your mind with your prayers and with your obedience. And as our faith grows, we begin to look at our lives and we see our tools and we see the people in our lives and we see our ingredients that the Lord has given us and we begin to view it through Elijah's eyes. We begin to view it through a believer's eyes and we begin to say, the Lord can use that. This is gonna be a miracle. I know it looks like a mess, but it's gonna be a miracle. I know it just looks like a little roll to you, but it's gonna feed thousands. But we have to be willing to be interrupted. We can't just pass people by. We can't just just pass the Lord by. We can't just ignore the hard things that he says to do because they make us uncomfortable. We have to walk in obedience. Because usually our inconveniences are usually an opportunity 
for God to work. Anytime you feel like you have to stop what you're doing and mess up your plan to do a work for the kingdom, it's not an inconvenience. It's an opportunity. In the moment, it may be hard to stop. It may be hard to stop and tend to another person's needs when you feel like your needs are huge and you're a wreck. Like, I'm a mess too, and you want me to pray for that? Stop. It's an opportunity for the Lord to use you, and it's an opportunity to be a testimony for the kingdom. So as I close today, I have a question for you. Are we treating people like an interruption or like an invitation? Think about that. Are you treating the seasons or the trials or the people in your lives as an interruption and an inconvenience or as an invitation for God to use you? Are we really waking up saying, I surrender all, I surrender all, I give it all to you? Or are we saying, you have my heart, Lord, but I'm going to move on with my plan because I have to accomplish this today. You know, the first time that the Lord interrupts us is when he calls our name. And at 14 years old, I allowed the Lord to interrupt my life. And he has done so much with the little that I gave him. So much. He has blown my mind with the blessings and the favor and the promotion of life. That when I laid my life down and I said, God, I no longer live for me, but I live for you. And I know that you are my Lord and you are my Savior and you are my King. When I declared that, I allowed the Lord to interrupt my life. And everything that Caitlin had planned from that day on changed. And he's a good God and he loves the desires of my heart and he cares for me that he allowed part of my dreams to become his plan. I got to walk my dreams out and in his plan. That lady got to eat her bread and not die. She got to live with her son because she laid it at his feet because she said, Lord, I give you what I have. I'm going to be obedient and feed your servant. I'm going to be obedient and feed this man of God. And she got to live on. And she got to watch her son grow. And she got to watch God do miracles. So if you're in here today and you haven't allowed that initial interruption in your life and you haven't said, God, I love you. And it doesn't matter what what I want, and it doesn't matter what I look like. I know you're my Savior. I know you're my King. If you haven't allowed the Lord into your heart, I just want you to raise your hand for me. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to introduce you to my King and my Savior and my best interruption. And if, that, if that's not you, and you have been interrupted by the Lord, 
What's your next step? What's his plan? Have you asked him for something lately? Are you hungry? What are you hungry for? What are you asking for? Are you willing to be interrupted? Are you viewing your life in in God's plan? And as you walk this day-to-day life, are you being interrupted or are you inviting him into it? Let's lay our plans at his feet. He's the best interruption that we'll ever have.